0: Would you care to step outside? We oh, did it to this Superman. I'm oh, sorry. You, you are here. The last one. Sort of has to compel you to, to reveal the truth. I'm back. Meow. with my hands. Lighting Warning: my DC hand. and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's your signal. That means we have to go now. All right. Welcome, everyone, to DC and RMD. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search DC on RMD. I'm Michael Flores, and this is the Superman and Lois edition. And with me in studio is David. Hello, Dave.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody?
0: All right. So Steve is out. He will be a part of our discussions for season two. Apparently, he went out and uh, got covid We think. We think. We think. Yeah. So, well, he says he might have it. So that's why we think. Are we? Is that ethical of us to be talking about someone's medical issues, uh, health issues, on the air live? In this this day and age, I think it is. Listen, I'm okay with anything at this point. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Dave. So. I mean, I'm still thinking about season one of Superman and Lois. It it was such a good season. It was. And I don't know if I was ready yet for season two. It feels like it came so quick. And I still am in letting, I'm still letting the, the amazingness of season one marinate. And I'm not ready to be disappointed because you know how CW does with their things during the second season. It all falls apart. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we were worried about, especially with how they decided to end season one because season one ended on that cliffhanger and it was a very stereotypical CW cliffhanger. Right. And that was the first red flag that I uh, said, I noticed ever in our covering of the entire season was that
0: was like a trope you, yeah. that you would expect out of the CW. You didn't really like the the daughter showing up the last minute. Yeah, without any explanation. It was like... Well, there's still no explanation in this episode either. I'm like, well, how did she survive? Where did she come from? How is everyone crossing into different multiverses? What's his face? Steel came in an RV. Irons, yeah. uh, Like he is Lone Star from Spaceballs. (laughs) (laughs) He shows up in a Winnebago.
1: I know. He's like been... uh, Apparently, the thing I do, I will give them props. I do like how they basically explain how... these new characters live, you know, like at least they came out and John, uh, John made the comment that he travels around and tries to keep a low profile. And he's trying to make
0: his daughter do the same, which is not working. (laughs) So tactically we're on break, Dave. So if you want to be lazy during this show, if you want to fall asleep, if you want to laugh, you want to get high. I don't care because tactically we're on winter break until March, but because Superman decided to come This early. Yes. Here we are covering it.
1: Dude, there's so much that happens during our winter break. And then when we come back, it feels like me and you have to play like a marathon
0: to catch. (laughs) That's exactly what happens. (laughs) Yes. All right. So I will say, Dave, that I do have a lot of expectations for season two because season one was very strong. It was surprisingly strong. I did not expect for the CW to pump out such an amazing Superman series. And that's exactly what we were given. We were given such a great show. And now moving to season two, I do have expectations. I have expectations yeah. that I did not have for season one. And I don't like expectations, Dave, because then that leads to disappointment.
1: Well, the training wheels, in my opinion, are now off for Superman and Lois. Yeah. At Super- when we went in last season, we went in with a little hesitation, but we were going to give it a chance. It won us give over. Give it a chance. You know, we got to see them on the bike and basically with their training wheels. And we said, all right, good job. Y'all growns up, all growns up now, take off the training wheels. And unfortunately for me, I, I, I've come to do that now yeah. with CW superhero shows because like the season two of each show, that's when you see the cracks. Yeah. It, it's like clockwork. It's like Pavlov's dog <laughs> where, right. you know, I don't think I'm trying to think if there was any CW show that had a, had a good second season and arrow arrow arrow, arrow comes to mind star girl. But would you consider star girl actually CW? It is tactically, but
0: let's be real. It's being produced by the same people producing HBO content. Mm-hmm. so. No, it's not.
1: So the only, the only one that has actually
0: succeeded is Arrow. Yeah. So we'll see because I will say that this episode did start off strong. There were a few things that had me nervous. That opening 10 minutes did have me nervous because there was a lot of melodrama in those opening 10 minutes. I was
1: very surprised with the very beginning you start off. Plus also giving us that, oh, three months later type of. Right. Right and all of a sudden I'm going, normally I'd be okay with that, Mm -hmm. but just the melodrama that came with
0: it, I'm going, really? Yeah, it didn't ruin anything for me. I was just unprepared for that, but it all leveled out and by the end of the episode, everything was fine and they're doing what they did last season. They're building up that mystery. Mm -hmm. Who is the threat? Who is that villain? Which we'll get into towards the end of our discussion today, but first I want to remind people, Dave, that during our break, Actually, just this past week, I released the content we put out 2 Superman themed special episodes for a bit of a celebration leading into Superman and Lois season two, and they are available now on our regular DC on RMD feed. So search for that wherever you listen to your podcast. We did a mystery science 3000 type (laughs) riff on Superman three, which was fucking fun. That was fun. We also did a review into the Superman 78 comic book series for the first three issues. So you want to check that out as well. And that was all three of us, you, me, and Steve, the Superman and Lois squad team, I guess. All right, Dave. So it looks like we were not the only ones that were anticipating season two because Superman and Lois season two premiere ratings were fantastic. Typically, when you have shows that just drop on you with with little promotion, because there wasn't a lot of promotion for Superman and Lois returning, because the CW doesn't really (laughs) market things very well, we have found. Yes, HBO Max promotes things for months on end, like coming in five months, coming in six months. But CW is like, it's like they don't know when it's coming out. So So when they finally find out two weeks prior... They have to start promoting. And oh, that's what they did with Superman and Lois.
1: If, if we're lucky enough two weeks prior, sometimes they won't even
0: mention it till like a, three days out. Yeah. And that seems to not be a big issue for Superman and Lois fans because well over a million viewers for same day numbers. This isn't even same day plus seven, David, which we know from last season were huge. Huge because of the dual premieres on HBO Max. And of course, it, it, they brought CW back to certain digital live platforms, which yeah. also helped. So fortunately, it looks like a lot of people are anticipating this are ex- and are excited for it to return. And that's good for us because that means the show will continue. Yeah. But we also hope that quality continues as well. It goes. It goes- Fingers crossed
1: it goes along with what you mentioned earlier is like season one was so good. It won over a lot of hesitant fans. Yeah. So that increases the, the, I don't want to say skepticism, but the, it, it brings up more of like the concern that, okay, don't let us down now.
0: Yeah, please. We've <laughs> been disappointed all our lives. Please give us just give us at least one more solid, season, please, before you disappoint us.
1: Especially since Tyler Hotchland, dude, is becoming a really popular version of Superman now.
0: Yeah. Like, well, after he took his, his shirt off last season, people were like, okay, he's, he's uh, buff <laughs> enough to be Superman. <laughs> dude, why are we superficial as a society? People were not, like, they liked him, but they're like, oh, he's not that big. He's small for being Superman. So what did they do? They gave us an episode when they came back from the mid-season break where he took his shirt off And you're like, okay, his shoulders are fucking large. That's all that matters to us.
1: Yeah. And the the thing that we always pointed out too is like Tyler may have been like the seen as smaller than Brandon Routh and uh, uh, Tom Welling, but people have to understand Tom Welling and Brandon Ruth are giants. They're huge people. So Tyler is actually a really built dude. Yeah. And I was like, I was watching all the fan reactions and I was happy to see that people are starting to come around to embracing Tyler Hotchland as our generation Superman.
0: Yeah. People are definitely rallying behind him as well as the show. Okay. So let's get into this. We will be discussing the season two premiere titled what lies beneath what they did with this episode is interesting. It I guess the way they partitioned the episode in a very specific way to cover a lot of ground. It allowed them, I should say, to cover a lot of ground in just 50 minutes or so when you take into account commercials. For example, Lois's arc, which felt like story A, uh, dealt with the aftermath of the season finale. All of the expected emotions, as well as some brief but intriguing backstory on Lois and her mother, Uh, The issues, of course, being with how the mother abandoned uh, Lois and her sister. Mm -hmm. I liked how they fleshed that out, too. It explained a few things about where Lois is psychologically, as well as giving the character more depth. Mm -hmm. Which, listen, we all, we all oogled and awed over Elizabeth Tulak's performance as Lois Lane. I mean, debatably, she stole the show from Tyler. Oh, she's just a fantastic casting for Lois and the things they're writing for her as we had said last season the show is written from her perspective it's about Superman for the most part and the family but it is from the perspective of Lois as
1: Lois as the matriarch because like and the really cool thing that I think what they did with this premiere was like we all have to understand that last season Lois was actually the alpha she was like the whole strength of the characters, you know, throughout the entire last season.
0: Yeah, she was the uh the foundation. She was the foundation.
1: Yeah. And it was actually really interesting seeing that foundation shaken now. Like, okay, this this season we're gonna show Lois kind of at a low point because yeah. now you introduce something that shakes shakes her foundation. Oh. And you know
0: I'd that shake allows her foundation
1: <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> and that allows five points for douche. That allows, actually, in this premiere to see, you know, Clark pick up the slack. Yeah. You know, he's the one that basically notices, hey, something's up with Lois. Yeah. she's in a bad mood. She's in a bad
0: mood. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken from a guy who's married.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not, no, dude, I'm, I was cracking up because I was watching it. And I'm like, I am uh, like, I know how Tyler, I know oh, yeah. how Clark feels. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you just got to. Bow out. It's like, I'm, okay, I'll let you calm down. I'll I'll be right back. See you later. <laughs> Is there anyone to save? Can I save someone? But did you know? like I think it was like he was even across the world. Yeah, he was. He was
0: saving a n- nuclear sub. Well, I just love that she was like in such a bad mood. She used um, the emergency button. Get your ass over here right now.
1: I know. I was like, I was going. Did she just? Yeah, Dude, she just if, used the if emer- I was
0: Superman and, and she called me with that, I wouldn't have gotten mad. I'd be like, "Oh, you are so spicy right now."
1: <laughs> so spicy. No, I, I like how Clark basically is like he doesn't like get angry. No, he basically all,
0: just it's for emergencies, Lois. It's for emergencies. But see and if then, I was Superman though, I'd be like, "It's for emergencies and whenever you're like this, you know I mean? <laughs> let's uh, let's have a uh, let's let's relax a little."
1: Yeah, and then and then when she starts blowing up, it's like Clark basically goes, "Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna to go to the party uh we'll be fine <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it was a it was a there was a lot of i love those domestic moments and that is quite the statement coming from me because i hate that type of shit in tv but for some reason it this works. show it does it absolutely does
1: i really do not know this is the type of stuff that i was dreading and in- in first season. All of right? us were
0: like, please, we don't want don't this. Don't
1: melodrama us. But for some strange reason, the way that the chemistry works between Elizabeth and Tyler. Tyler yeah. And the boys. And, and their sons. Yeah. Basically, it's just so it natural.
0: Feels, yes. It's very organic. That natural. it doesn't bother you. Yeah.
1: And that's why I think coming off of the, the, the season finale, I was really nervous because you're introducing a new element in the, the lost daughter from another alternate universe. And how is that going to affect the chemistry? And honestly, I kind of like John Henry
0: iron's daughter because there's oh, a, no, n- so did I, it, it, I was prepared to completely dislike her. Uh,
1: yeah. Same here. And then like when, when you actually think about it and especially how they unfolded her story, it's understandable. It's kind of like, wait a minute when she complains to her dad that I'm in a universe where my mom is married to the man that mm-hmm. murdered the entire world. Right. And he's happy. And and when she basically like has that, that feeling like she wants to die, it's like, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Because you're seeing the person that you've been
0: all your life hated. See, David, see what the show is proving is that it's not that we didn't want melodrama. I mean, melodrama has been a genre forever. It's innervated in so many different films and TV shows. It's a thing, you know, whether we know what we're watching or not, it is a thing, but the CW is notorious for immature melodrama. Yeah. And that's what we keep dreading or hoping is not going to happen. We're hoping that people are going to be mature minded And that people are going to handle things like in reality, people must handle things. And that's why I was not really looking forward to this whole Natalie equation because I thought it was just going to lead to this this whole entire thing that we typically get. Yeah, that we typically get in the CW DC shows. And we did not get that. It was something that you can actually relate to and you can understand. And surprisingly, Natalie took everything quite quite well for being a child. You know, she's actually mature and it would make sense that she would be because she was fighting Kryptonians on her world.
1: And if you think about it, the thing I really like too, is like they didn't stretch out that problem and make it part of like the entire season, the entire (laughs) season. Yeah. The thing I really do enjoy about how Superman Lois deal with melodrama is they deal with it in that episode. Like that, the one thing that, I remember me, yeah. you, and Steve were constantly remarking is you'd see the melodrama, you go, oh no, is it going to carry on? Nope. By the end of the episode, they cut it off. Well, because, because why? Because they deal with it like adults.
0: Yes. And also, the writers aren't using it as a crutch to string their episodes together. They're just using it in, in scenarios where it would make sense in a domestic situation. Like in Superman and Lois. Mm -hmm. And that's why the thing about Natalie works so well. Because technically it's not really about Natalie. It was about Lois. Because a lot of that whole Natalie stuff. Was designed for us to get inside once again. Into our main character's head. Which is Lois. And to understand what she is going through. Because it helped me make sense of Lois's behavior. Because at first when I was watching this episode. I was questioning why she was struggling. So much due to a girl. That is not her daughter. Sure, there may be a sentimental factor as we saw last season. You Mm -hmm. know, she was going to have a daughter and that daughter was going to be named Natalie. That's understandable. You know, a what if thing, if you will. But not to justify how she was acting with everyone over the last three months. So when they made it about Lois and her lack of feeling when seeing Natalie and how she evidently was acting a bit cold about her arrival, she realized something about herself. Mm-hmm. Is she acting like her mother? Is this how her mother acted when she left the family and left her two daughters, like someone who felt nothing? Yeah. So that's why it really worked for, Bel- for me because it wasn't about sowing seeds of melodrama for later or using melodrama as a crutch. It was about understanding our character and fleshing out key aspects of their characterization for the season.
1: Although I, I have to say, I did like the fact that the melodrama led to that. To me, it was a funny scene of Lois and Chrissy arguing at, yeah. at the, uh, at the, the, the uh, depot. Depo. Yeah. And Lois turning away people because everyone is those Twitter journalists. Right. And I kept thinking to myself, okay, you know what? It. if, this was me or Mike, I think we'd be
0: Lois. We would do the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, you got 20,000 followers. Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Get the hell out of here. Where'd you go to school? What? You did? You vlog? (laughs) I wanted to to hit that guy.
1: (laughs) I know. That's what I was thinking when I actually saw that scene of it going, oh, Mike is like going, no, Lois, punch him. Punch him. Punch him. What's your qualifications?
0: I have 20,000 followers. Oh,
1: you. (laughs) What well, would if we ran a newspaper site, Mike, and yeah. we had people come in and someone sat across a table from us during an interview and said that. I, you would you would probably throw paper at them, wouldn't you? It
0: would be lawsuits. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, so all of that Lois stuff was great. You know, it definitely The Lois' story was definitely the Emotional weight of the episode, yeah. But then we had uh, Superman story, which was story B. Uh, the writers, as I said, covered a lot of ground because they leveraged story A effectively with mm-hmm. story B, and it intertwined the two perfectly. So I, I totally dig what they're doing with the DOD and and Superman. It's infuriating as a viewer who roots for Superman, like, oh, how dare you try to replace him? But from a writing side. It is very effective, and it's something that I, as a Superman fan, and I believe you as well, correct me if I'm wrong, I always like when they delve into the geopolitical and how it pertains to Superman. Yeah. You know, Superman's allegiance is to the world. Yeah. Not to one country. Yes, I know there was some outrage like in the mid-2000s when Superman Returns came out and they changed the whole truth justice in the American way to truth justice and all of that stuff, I believe. Yes. And then, you know, some people got mad last season as well about some of their, their more objective political views on things and how Superman should save the day. But that makes perfect sense to me. Why would a super being from another world who is so earnest and, sincere about his desire to save mankind only care about, about a single country yes it, it, that is just strange now if we're talking about superman red sun you know where he that's was, different that's totally different it,
1: because like that goes into the lines of like how clark or you know how how he was raised he wasn't raised you know to be a patriot he was raised to be a good person by the kent I,
0: I think jonathan kent used to drive a Used to drive a a uh one of those the General Lee the General Lee or no one of those now those the smallville pick- Jonathan Kent did the, when the, he was on Dukes of Hazard
1: <laughs> one of those one of those pickup trucks with the uh, American flag hanging yeah. on the
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, technically raised in Kansas, probably <laughs> skews a little to the conservative side. Possibly, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm saying, listen possibly but possibly that's not superman it never has been superman yeah. unless you're talking about then you know what is it the world war ii propaganda superman where he was fighting japs japs and you remember Nazis. that yeah Yep. so anyways getting back to the whole allegiance thing this relationship is a bit more in sync with superman in the comics and how he views the dod well
1: not only that it it harkens to i feel one of my favorite superman stories i think it was done by uh I want to say it was done by Straczynski. It's basically where Superman gets challenged to actually, is he doing this for America or is he trying to protect the world? Right. And he denounces being an American. And I I remember at the time people made such a big deal about it. But when you read the story, it touched on the fact that Superman, all Superman really wants to do is be a good human being. He doesn't want to just be a good American. He's not a human dude. Yeah, <laughs> he wants to be a good earthling. How's that? There you go. He wants to be a good earthling, but it's not he he just wants to be a good American. Right. He wants to help
0: everybody. Yes, <laughs> which, again, logically would make sense. The So, yes, I do like that they're putting him in opposition to the DoD because that is very much on par with Superman in many of the comics. He's always had a shaky relationship with the DoD And, you know, certain branches of the government. So it would make sense that they're doing this now. And this is an interesting aspect because, David, are you ready for it? Yeah. The philosophical angle of the premise, which is something you and I talk about a lot when it comes to Superman as well. Is it ethical for a super being with extraordinary powers to police the world's governments? Is it ethical for a super being to align himself with a single government? Government. Now, for me, the answer is simple. The moral and ethical answer is absolutely no, like, not like, no, he, he should not. Saving people's lives is one thing, but to be used as a political weapon to leverage one world power over another, that is highly unethical. Yes. And Superman is not an unethical person. He is the very definition of eth- of good ethics and morality. So for him to side with one side over the other, it, it just wouldn't. It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. And the same thing applies to the socio-political as well, not just the geopolitical. It is unethical for someone with enormous fame and power to influence others to any degree. Sure, you can tell people to be kind and motivate others to be better and make good choices. But what those choices are must be left up to the individual and not a person with notoriety and or power in fear that others will follow only because of celebrity status. Exactly. And and that's what I hope they really do. If they want to
1: actually do character development for Superman, that's the perfect character development. Especially dealing with the the new character of uh, I forgot the character's name now the the commander that basically is now part now leading the DOD because General Lane lieutenant has Lieutenant douchebag. Yeah, lieutenant douchebag. <laughs> but <laughs> lieutenant douchebag. I forgot his name. But like. The thing I, I'm i hoping, they don't make that character a complete villain. Because the thing is, is when you look at what he's doing, he's just being a good soldier. Lieutenant Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. And well, all Anderson is well, doing is just following orders.
0: Absolutely. L- listen, I, I understand where he's coming from as a United States soldier who has pledged his life. His life and allegiance. That is totally different. So I get it. So I don't think he's going to be an antagonist, per se. But I do believe he will be an antagonistical force, an well, obstacle.
1: Well, the thing that I thought about, especially I was worried about it. But then when you get to the very end, my brain started clicking because of... We'll, we'll get to the reveal of the, the ending, which I actually really enjoyed. Yeah. Because it put everything in sync. And I think that there's going to be a reason why... Simmer down. The... <laughs>
0: Don't jump ahead.
1: Yes, it's hard, dude. Because believe me, when I saw it, it was like a light bulb going off. I'm like, "This is why all these characters are being You're so introduced."
0: Giddy. You're so giddy because
1: I'm like, "There's no way," because there's no other heroes they've introduced that could help him. Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll get to that, Dave. We'll get to that because yes. that, that's a big one. There. And
1: it, it's a big one. Yeah, but it, it really put my mind at ease at the very end with the characters of the DOD, because like, I don't see the DOD now being the villains. I see the DOD maybe being like problems sometimes for Superman, but at the end of the day, they're going to have to
0: actually help. Yeah.
1: Especially with the character in the end.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the thing that really makes me upset about you know, as a viewer that makes me upset about the the DOD is that they appropriated Superman's crest. I'm like, come on. Yeah, that was weird. I'm like, that's fucked up. That's messed up because I think Superman has a, I think he has a viable lawsuit on his hands. He could definitely sue them. That's definitely (laughs) infringement on copyright. Well,
1: especially since you do realize that essentially that symbol is supposed to mean hope. And also it's personal. It's It's personal. personal. It's his family's crest. Yeah. If you like basically taking like a, a a family, just like what you said, a family crest and making it like the American flag.
0: Yes. And, (laughs) and using it for your own purposes. Yeah. That's going to be a big thing this season. I guarantee you that's not going to just be, you know, a simple forget about thing. This whole thing with them wearing an S that's very specific for writers to do something like that. It's because they have a clear agenda because if they just wanted replacements, for Superman, and they wanted to create this, uh, like they wanted to have this lieutenant be you know a- antagonistic towards Superman, and you know, and all that stuff. Like, listen, that that's fine, and that would work just with them wearing regular uniforms. But you give them that Superman symbol, the writers are are working on something; they're that, brewing something.
1: And not only the symbol, but also you know the colors, the colors yeah. of Superman. Yeah. So <laughs> that's even that even just digs it even deeper.
0: Yeah. Another big thing is who the fuck is the big bad this season, as you were trying to get to, (laughs) or the big threat. Threat. It's a threat. Yeah. It's a threat. Now, throughout the episode, they teased us, you know, earthquakes, sounds, you know, emanating from below that hurt Superman. Then the ending was someone breaking through the surface of the earth and that hand, David. So- I know you are king of ideas on these types of things. So oh, come just, on.
1: There, there's no king of
0: uh, ideas. We know who it is. Doomsday? Yes. Yeah. It is. It has to be doomsday. I don't know how I feel about that. Now, Steve sent me a message about it w- with his final thoughts. And I it. wanted to get his thoughts on and that. Let me see if I can uh, ta- say something while yeah, I because bring like, this up.
1: Okay. I'll give uh, really quickly. At first, I was really worried because here's the thing with the character of doomsday and this is just my opinion. People may think it's wrong, but no media has ever gotten the character of doomsday right outside of the comics. That includes the animated movies. That includes TV shows. That includes, you know, Smallville, even, you know, like Zack Snyder's Batman V Superman. They never got the character and storyline of doomsday. Right because well, they, they're
0: never patient. Yeah. They, they treat them like a big dick that they're just going to whip out. And they're going to whip out everyone
1: here. When you see at the very end and put the pieces together, you have steel, you have John Henry irons here. You have the DOD bringing together their own Superman coalition together to be their own soldiers. And then you have, don't forget, you have like steel Kryptonians out there. You have that, that threat out there. Doomsday showing up is actually this is a really cool. That's a cool setup to lead to the death of Superman. Well,
0: because I don't think we're gonna get the death though. I think you have to though. You have to. You have to follow through. We we had that almost last season. That would be like take two.
1: No, but like I mean, truly the death
0: of Superman. No, no, David, they're not gonna kill Superman.
1: They have to. They have to. It's
0: part of the story. David, it's part of Superman's mythos. They are Mike. not going to kill Superman. They have to. You think they'll kill him? Then bring him back? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Oh, Okay. Okay. They have I thought to you do met- that. He's dead. Goodbye.
1: Because here's the thing: the one thing that I've always hated about outside the comics, the, how the media portrayed the story of Doomsday, mm-hmm. they just like flash through the death of Superman, and I'm like going, no. The whole point is the death of Superman is to is to and the like, shake the world yeah okay so if you have all these characters like john henry irons of the dod and all these people and set them up this season and the very end doomsday shows up and murders everybody and that's the thing doomsday has to show up and just murder people because that was the whole point of that storyline. of doomsday was like superman was the last line of defense
0: do you, do you think they'll sacrifice kyle and just say hey just kill him Dude, <laughs> I was gonna say Bro like, is such a loser. Still,
1: no, dude. When Kyle when when Clark shows up at the party and then Kyle basically says gives him that advice, and I'm like going. I wonder if Mike wa- is like wanting to punch his TV. Like,
0: it, don't give advice, dude. <laughs> Even his advice to his daughter was him. Like he was literally him? he was literally describing himself when he said, "Hey, honey, you're the alpha in this relationship." And he's insecure, like bro. You literally <laughs> described yourself, <laughs> which is probably. I'm assuming that was the point. Yes, because he was going through the exact same problem. Going through the
1: same problem. Yeah. You do realize that Kyle. Now that I've we've watched Superman three, Kyle is that is that character in Superman three? I told 3. you guys
0: that during last yeah. season. But see, we
1: get to he'll actually see, see Brad. him. We can see him turn to Brad, Mike. He'll turn to Brad this There's season. There's vodka in it now. <laughs> he'll become like a security guard. <laughs> oh, please, please fucking do it. <laughs> but all these characters, that was the one thing that I feel that I was okay with and fully on board now. Because Superman Lois can honestly be the one series that can tell the Doomsday storyline properly.
0: Well, to to
1: the death of Superman,
0: everything you said, I agree with. And we have said this numerous times last season that they are pulling from that era of the comic books, the death of Superman era. That's why they have steel. It makes perfect sense. The eradicator. Absolutely right. And now, and I didn't think about this until you just said it with the new meta humans that are wearing the Superman crest. Yes. I'm wondering if they will end up being people we know from the comic books. And they will be also part of that whole, I don't want to say the war of the Superman. I don't think we're going to get into that aspect, no. but they may be a part of that storyline. They may be characters from that storyline, or they may appropriate a character and rework it to be one of those characters.
1: They could, but I mean, the the biggest thing too is like Superman Lois, if they bring in Doomsday, in my opinion, they have to stack the deck, meaning- yeah. They have to make, they have to give, we have, a, we have to have a I, Superman squad. I hate to say this. They have to get, uh, they have to have some sheep to lead
0: to the slaughter. We have to have a Superman squad that can get murdered. That could get murdered. because so they, And they need to do it now for it to matter to anyone. Mm-hmm. We have to build up that squad. Now we have to like them. And then when you kill them, we're like, Oh, Oh, how dare you? And, and then it leads
1: to basically Clark making that decision because I think, now, this is in my old head, head right now, just formulating the idea. When it comes down to it, mm-hmm. Doomsday shows up, murders everybody. It comes down to Clark and Jordan. And, Jor- and Clark basically says, if Jordan goes to try to fight Doomsday, Jordan's going to die. And Clark basically goes and fights
0: doomsday. What if the death of Superman is not the death of Superman? What if it's the death of Jordan? Oh,
1: dude, that would even be darker.
0: I actually feel like that would be a good way to subvert our expectations.
1: Subvert our ex- expectations, yeah.
0: yeah. But it would be... It w- I could get, a, get on board with that. But the only thing, Dave, is that there wouldn't be that, that much needed... What, what was your verbiage? You know, when, the, when Superman died... The entire world the entire felt it. World felt and if it. Jordan died, no one's going to feel it, but Lois and Superman. But
1: here's the thing. If he, if Jordan dies, that could be a great thing that happens to, to Clark that just shuts him down. And that's that's how the okay. world is affected yeah. because Superman, you know, gives up at that point.
0: Yeah. That I mean, think sense. about
1: it. If he were to lose his son to a monster that he can't stop, That would destroy Clark. Yeah. So I I do, I I think that could be a really cool idea of subverting the expectations, but if they want to make me as a star Wars fan, our star star Wars 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 fan fan, as a Superman fan, the one thing that I really want them to do right is the death of Superman storyline, which means Clark has to die because that's the thing that I've always felt everyone outside of comics is afraid of doing if you look at like my main criticism of uh the the animated movie was like there was no threat of Clark dying. He didn't he basically just they didn't even say he died. He went into hibernation. And they didn't want to say Superman died. And the death meant nothing. That's the problem with People tackling that storyline outside of the comics. No one wants to actually take that step and say, "Yeah, I'm going to kill Superman in my story and keep him dead."
0: Well, I'm sure Tom Taylor would, and then no, Tom,
1: yeah, Tom Taylor would just basically, you know, have Superman come out and make love with Doomsday or something. Yeah, make love, not war. He
0: would make Doomsday uh, (laughs) LGB. (laughs) LGB. That might be kind of interesting. Does he have thorns on his body? (laughs) You can inject some means. Listen, Dave, some people like that. And I'm looking at one right now. (laughs) Just joke. Superman and Lois fans have no idea what that means. They're like, what? (laughs) What? Listen to other shows to find out the dirty deeds on (laughs) David (laughs) (laughs) Disabon. All right. So, the uh, story C was weird. And this was Lana and Daniel Hart. I didn't have a problem with it from a technical sense. Like the writing was fine, but based on everything we saw last season, it seemed like they were prepping Lana to be the one to run for mayor. And some miscellaneous dude out of nowhere ends up being the guy running for mayor and she's running his campaign. But it makes sense
1: though, with that character though, since second season, Lana's one of Lana's flaws is the fact that she doesn't want, to take the lead she doesn't want to be the bad guy you know like with her daughter she hates being the one to you know take the reins because that was one of her flaws last season
0: and here she's afraid of taking yeah Control, because uh, like power, like maybe she complete- doesn't feel secure enough in her Not abilities. Yet. Yeah, perhaps I mean, you you have to build up to do it you for think that next. Do you think maybe later this season it'll end up switching to her? That's like, what I. That's what I think. Well, because first off, if I, it does feel, we all agree that it did seem like that's what they were working towards for Lana. So the only reason why they do something like this, introduce some random character, is because Daniel Hart will become something important. Because why do you do this? Why do you introduce this character? Now, who could he be? I'm not sure who Daniel Hart is. Um, he could be some DC superhero. There's a few things being thrown around on the internet. There are two possibilities based on his name. And as we know, the CW loves to play fuckery games with yes. people's names. And then you suddenly realize, oh, okay, I see what you did. Yes. Now, there's a character in DC Comics that's part of a whole Flash thing called Godspeed. Yes. And he's known as August Hart. August Hart. Okay, so that's one possibility. The other possibility is Daniel Hull, which is a little epic for Superman and Lois. You know who he is, right? Because you're laughing. It's it's the replacement of Dr. Fate. It's the son of Dr. Fate, and he ends up being the successor to Morpheus as Sandman. So that's a big fucking top-tier character. I don't know if they're willing to go that route. also uh, such a bring, long shot. It's not really part of the Superman realm. No. Yes, it's DC. Comics, but when do we ever really get Dr. Fate in a big way in part in part of Superman's ongoing stories? You it really be- don't. You get him here and there. You get him in the Justice League stories, obviously, but Superman's actual stories, how often do you get him as a pivotal role? Yeah, you, you just don't, right?
1: No, never. And but like now that you're talking about, see, my comic book fan fan brain is working on overdrive and saying that. But it'd be so cool if Doctor Fate showed up and said, "No way! This is this is Superman's fate oh. to to face Doomsday and die." David, don't write ever. ever <laughs> and I'm like, going, stop that. And I'm like, going, you nerd, get out of here. <laughs> stay stay in the this corner. This is your fate to die,
0: David. Did this you, is your
1: fate to die. Right. Do, do you write the Flash the last couple of years? <laughs> thank thank god i am not uh, i have not been affected that badly
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man anyways it's it's it does nice to see them for the most part the writers following through with a character setup because having lana get involved politically whether it's being the mayor herself or just involved that still is consistent with what we were given last season when it comes to her character
1: yeah it's character carrying on character arcs
0: now, there's, there's this character again, Dave, by the name of Kyle. And we mentioned him a few moments ago. I, I just, I don't know why he's here. He is a miserable. Now, now, let me stress this. Usually when I hate on characters, I also use him to hate on the show. He's not one of those characters that ruins the show. I just hate him as a person. <laughs> like, is he written well? Yes, he's written just fine. There's nothing wrong with him, academically speaking. But I just fucking hate him. I'm telling you, dude. After we watched Superman
1: 3, which I think all our listeners should go and watch our MSTVK <laughs> of Superman 3, you will get this. Kyle is that character. He's going to become a... I will crack up if all of a sudden he jumps and basically in, in an episode, he basically mm-hmm. says, oh, honey, I got a security job.
0: Dude, that would okay. be funny.
1: All right. We're going somewhere.
0: <laughs> Listen, I think we'll all shit ourselves if uh, Gus Gorman shows up.
1: And, and then, yeah, in the very end, Gus Gorman
0: shows up. And I would say, oh, the That's true the hero sees it too. The true hero shows up. True That's hero, so shows fucking up. bad, dude. That can't happen, please. All right, moving on to our next bit here and our final bit. What's the deal with Sarah?
1: That one, you know what, out of the entire episode, that was the one that I was like kind of iffy on.
0: Now they're leading us to believe that she met someone at summer camp. Which I'm like going. I don't think that's, I think they're making us, I think they want us to think that. But they wouldn't do that because Sarah. would be bad, dude. It would be, it'd be bad writing, number one. Yeah. And number two, you're sabotaging a character, meaning who's going to like Sarah after that, if exactly. that's the case. So I have a feeling it's something very different. But they want us to think that for now.
1: And, and that's the only iffy thing I had in the episode was because I'm like, wait a minute. You've been gone for three months and suddenly now
0: you don't have feelings for Jordan. Maybe she had, you know, okay. stage three diarrhea. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> she's like, I got to go. I gotta, I gotta go. That is a little fucked up, though. I mean, he, she doesn't know that he used his eyes to, to light those candles for all she knows he went out into the water, lit them individually, set them up, and she just left? <laughs> I'm sorry, but if that happened to me, I'd be like, later, I'm not going to talk to you ever again. Yeah. That's fucked. <laughs> that's <laughs> I haven't seen so. you for three months. I haven't seen you for three months,
1: and I basically do this?
0: Yeah. Mm. yeah. He was trying to get his dick wet. Let's, let's be real.
1: Oh, he's a kid. He yes. was working yeah. overtime. He was, just, working, that he was working too hard.
0: Just like he, Yes, he <laughs> was working too hard. You just, got, you just got to let it happen sometimes. Just be chill about it. Which I think that's what the message was with Kyle and Sarah, right? That he's just trying a little too hard. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's the problem with Sarah. Maybe Sarah is feeling a little, not pressured, but just too much. Because a lot has happened over the last three months with her life and the whole thing in the city. Well, in it'd Smallville. Be cool
1: to, it'd be cool to actually see it, though. Because, like, I all think we're I, allowed I, we to will. actually see is just her initial reaction.
0: Yeah. I'm sure was, we will.
1: It was the only character in the entire episode where you, we don't get we're not given a lot. Yeah. Everyone else, we got solid character development.
0: It's purposely done. If this was any other show, you know, on the CW that we like to hate on, I would probably just be angry and say, yep, they're doing it again. But this show hasn't done that yet. So yeah. I'm, I'm not concerned. Yeah. Okay. So John and Candace quickly, very quickly, you <laughs> got to close funny. out. I, I like that scene. I it was that. awesome because again, it goes back to the domestic side of this show, which I didn't expect to like as much as I do. And When Lois tells Clark he messed up by leaving a 15 year old alone with his girlfriend and Clark said he had never done anything like that. So he didn't know something would happen like that. And then Lois says he must take after me then. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Alluding to the the fact that she gets after it. Dude, that was so funny and perfect.
1: It was. I was like going number one, she, she used the emergency call to, to yell at Clark for leaving Jonathan in the house so that Jonathan could have sex.
0: Dude. <laughs> and I was like, it, it was really funny. It was, you, it was good. It was a good scene.
1: It was a funny scene because at the end of it, I was like, going, if I was Jonathan, yeah. If, if I was given this chance,
0: you're damn right I'm going to take and it. And that whole scene was so awkwardly perfect too when his mom walked in on him and he had no shirt on. <laughs> I felt so sorry for him. I was dude, like, oh dude. It, was, it was really, really well directed that and acted that entire sequence.
1: It's every kid's nightmare. Yeah. For their parents to walk in on
0: that. I just pretend she didn't walk in. Like, what?
1: <laughs> You're like, i
0: I'll make you forget. <laughs> I just get to uh, have Superman kiss her and make her forget. <laughs> Dad, can you kiss her? <laughs> you gotta make her forget this. Yeah. All right. That bit of humor did alleviate. Or I should say it helped alleviate and balance out or bounce out some of the um, the intensity of the moment between yeah. between uh, Lois and, and Clark. So it worked. All right. So final thoughts. I love the uh, the episode. I thought it was a good opener. There were some things I, I did stress out about about just a bit because of reputation. But overall, the episode was strong. Uh, I liked Periscope scene, because it was such a classic Superman scene after he rescues the submarine <laughs> and they spot him in the in the periscope and they all celebrate that Superman saved them. I, it, it just had that that Superman hit that we always call, you know, that moment that he saves and rescues people and you kind of rally behind Superman. It's that classic superhero moment. You are supposed to save people.
1: Yeah, it's it's the Superman returns moment with Brandon Roth in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Where where Brandon Ross saved the saved the plane and he yeah. lands and everyone in the Steam goes ape shit. Yeah. Because they just got to see Superman save the day.
0: All right. So 30 seconds, Dave. 89% is what I'm giving this episode. Uh, Steve gives it a 90%. He says, I actually really, really like this episode and the intro to Doomsday. It could be too soon in the series, but with new uh, metas, Superman will have some help. And it actually makes sense because of last season and the yellow kryptonite under Smallville.
1: See, see, it's, it's, it's going all that way. Now we just need Dr. Fate to show up.
0: See, that's why you wanted Steve here, because he's always on your side. It, Dr.
1: Fate needs to show up and then say, it is your fate to, to die tonight, Superman.
0: Oh, Jesus. All right, uh, David, go ahead. 15 seconds is all we have left 15 seconds
1: I'm actually at the same score as you I actually have an 89 for Superman Lois their premiere was really strong okay so and introduction of Doomsday I'm happy with it for right now
0: all right perfect I want to thank everyone for listening be sure to find us on Patreon as well you can get more DC and RMD content by pledging to our Patreon page Uh, this year we've got a, a wide variety of DC content planned for Patreon subscribers so you don't want to miss out Head over to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital and pledge a minimum of five dollars a month to gain access to our podcast tier and behind the scenes tier. If you like our shows, get more of what you like, go to patreon.com Rainman Digital. Thank you, David. Thank you. Who are you bitches? Mother of God. Would you look at the time? When you came here, you had an hour.